0: Up. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to a pot of their own. This is episode 113 of a pot of their own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Serovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So the um, baseball remains locked out. If if you guys have not been paying attention. Um, Yeah, we had hoped that by the time we since we are recording every other week, we had hoped two weeks ago that by the time we recorded again, there would be some sort of resolution. There's not. We'll talk more about that in the second half of the show. But there has been some development since the last time we talked. But I realized that because we talked about the captain last time and we didn't really talk about much Mets stuff, I completely skipped over a rather insignificant, a rather, a rather significant, not a rather insignificant, a rather significant Mets bit of news, which is that the Mets are retiring Keith Hernandez's number this year at a ceremony in July. Um, This is uh, similar to Jerry Kuzmin's number retirement. This is, a further indicator of a shift in attitude on the part of the Mets toward being more inclusive with respect to number retirement. Um, I personally think that's a positive thing, but um, there are, you know, a whole spectrum of thoughts on this. And Michael and I wrote a piece a while back when uh, Jerry Kuzman's number was being retired about this and like, should the Mets be more inclusive? Should they stay, keep it really exclusive Um And we, we had a bit of a talk about that last time, but yeah, it's, it seems like Keith is continuing the trend toward more inclusivity in number retirement.
1: I mean, I I feel like there's always been a balance between um, you know, the Wilpon Mets and the Yankees. Like there has to be some middle ground. between retiring any human being who has worn the uniform and never retiring anyone. And Keith is like a, completely like you you can't argue against keith hernandez having a retired number i don't think and
2: i think this you had to do keith because it was completely overdue um because he was such an integral part of Not only that '86 team, but like he just changed the culture, the entire like the team, and um, so just in Mets history, he's an important figure. Now being, you know, in the in the broadcast booth, so it was definitely long overdue, and I think this definitely paves the way for David Wright now. You couldn't do One David hopes. Wright without, yeah. Whoops, there goes. Yeah, like, um, you couldn't do David Wright before Keith Hernandez because you, you, it just wouldn't be fair to Keith. Um, so I'm hoping maybe that means in 2023 that means David Wright. Will That's what I'm hoping to. retired. And That'll also, that's nice. his first year on the ballot, I think, on the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah. Oh my God, we're so old. Jesus. I, we're so I old. Oh, oh God.
1: Christ. You have the <laughs> rights already me on the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, the list of people going on the ballot is, um,
2: yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, like,
0: Wait. these are people that I watched, like, as an, adult.
2: <laughs> yes. as an adult.
1: Yeah. These are people who are I saw younger than careers. I am yeah. in many cases.
0: Yeah. Um, like, oh, God damn it. But, um, um yeah, I mean, well, I one, think-
1: one of the things that's one of the things that's nice though, about like David Wright next year or Keith this year also, and hopefully like a lesson learned from the Tom Seaver statue situation is it's really nice to retire numbers or, you know, induct folks do other kinds of honors when they're still around to enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> they could still be like a part of that ceremony. And I hope that that, you know, helps kind of keep the Mets family closely knit helps keep, you know, um, ex-players really engaged with the team. Like it, you know, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity again. Like they did with, with Seaver.
2: Well, yeah. So Alison, you were at the game last year, right? When they, um, with Fonzie and like, it was just, it was nice to see Reardonia's again. And I think, well, Carlos Bayerga, I think was there and it's like, well, we're remembering some guys like, you know, the meds never remember guys. <laughs> no. I, I was like, you know, it's my childhood. Cause you know, I was even talking how I never I took Rayardonia's for granted and I wish I appreciated him more for who he was growing up. So just seeing him there, it's like, okay, now I can give you like a proper cheer. Like now as an adult, I can appreciate like the majesty that was Rayardonia's. And you know, like you just like, you have a p- different perspective now, and like like I said, it was my childhood seeing those guys again. So it 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 definitely in like you know retiring numbers, you can bring all these guys back. <laughs> you can remember some guys. So I always think it's nice. Just and it doesn't cost you anything. Like if anything, you make money because the, the the game sells out. It's so a guaranteed they, sold out game. Like, I mean, there's no reason on. not to do it. Yeah, I
0: That's think win win. Yeah. I, th- I think that um like you said Linda, I think this does pave the way for David Wright in a very specific way because they were they're clearly like going back and picking the most significant guys from each era that are not yet retired. Obviously like from the 69 Mets era, Seaver was the most significant, but his numbers already retired by nature of the fact that he was a Hall of Famer. Um, but Jerry Kuzman was probably like the next most significant guy of that era um and so his number has been retired and then you have the the championship the 86 championship team which was a tough was a tough one to do because there wasn't really one guy that was the face of the team the way that siever was for the 69 Mets um so i I get why they kind of waited a while for that to happen but I think like you mentioned Linda keith's broadcast career kind of like, kicked him over the edge of the of like the other guys like Carter or you know Doc Gooden that might have been the guy from that team to get the honor. Yeah. Um I wouldn't necessarily He's be essentially against... a met for life. Right. Yeah. Um I mean like I think the thing that was like kind of iffy or at least if you're putting yourself in the Will shoes, obviously the Will like had the line at hall of fame, but also I think that like many people thought, well, you know, Keith is a Cardinal and he's well, more well known for his Cardinals years than his Mets years. That's that can be argued one way or the other. But, um, I think the broadcast career really does kick it into overdrive for Keith, um, over the other guys like Carter Kuzman. I mean, uh, not Kuzma good and strawberry those guys. Um, to sort of be the representative of the 86 era Mets also I mean he was the first captain that the Mets ever designated so I think that that also is like something that you know good point sets him apart from others
2: um long also it keeps your history alive that way too like um you know I can always you know you know, if I ever have children, they look up, you like, who is number 31? Or, you know, I hear Piazza was really good. And, you know, I can tell them I got to see my Piazza play. I got to see David Wright play. And, you know, it kind of connects you to the next generation, like my dad and Seaver, me and my dad and my sea- and Seaver. So it's a good way to just, you know, And the Mets, I mean, <laughs> even Buck Showalter said, that if they do have a rich history, it might not seem like it, but they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, they may not have the storied history of the team down the street, but, no, but they have—they have a rich history. And um, we shine,
1: we shine brightly. It's true. Yeah. Um,
0: and you it's know, just, we're
1: like Siberia in the wintertime.
2: So. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's opposite um, X spectrums there. You go from desert, like a tropical oasis to Siberia. (laughs) With one campfire. (laughs) Um, And polar bears. That's you, Jacob deGrom. Don't go out. Yes, please please. Keep stoking those
0: flames. Throw another log on the fire. And I mean, as we move through, you know, the eras of Mets history, you have Keith of the 86 Mets. And then when you move to like the 99, 2000 era Mets, that Mike Piazza's number already retired. And he is clearly the standout of that era. And then when you move on to the 2006 era Mets, there's David Wright right there. So like, I, he really is the next in line. And then if you think about the current generation of Mets, it's Jacob deGrom. Um, and I think that like, even if he does literally, even if he never throws another pitch again, knocking on wood, he obviously Jesus will Christ throw else. another yeah, pitch again don't in me. the universe. But I'm just saying, even if he didn't, I'm not saying it's like, that's even likely, but I'm just saying, even if he literally threw another, never threw another pitch again, he'd still be number retirement level, um, yeah. Mets legend. So, um, I think that, like, you know, as you move down to the more recent era, like, it makes total sense that David Wright is
2: next. He should be next. And I hope well, he is. Oh, well, and then there's the whole debate about Beltron too. I I would do it, but I think it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like there's enough. His tenure wasn't so long that it's, you know, that that. He's a huge chunk of this team's history. I don't. I mean, I, I feel like there's just there's some some challenges there, and not quite enough to get over them.
2: But if yeah. he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, does that change things?
1: It might. If he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame as a Met, sure, but I don't think he would necessarily. I think yep. he's the classic blank hat guy. Yeah, he's a
0: classic yeah. blank hat guy. Yeah. It's really hard to pick which team he would go in as. Um I think I think something that would tip the scale is would, would be if he had managed the Mets <laughs> yeah. like like the plan like the like planned and I, I don't even necessarily think he would have had to have managed them to a World Series championship or anything as long as it didn't his managerial te- uh, tenure didn't end in like total disgrace and like he was really bad at managing um, if he was like a decent manager who lasted like multiple seasons and did fine like I yeah. think that that might have pushed it over the edge too um, but the fact that instead of managing the team they like decided he was not going to manage the team because of the scandal like that kind of pushes it almost in the opposite direction like neutral would have been like if he was never in line to manage the team in the first place then it yeah. would have been a little bit more interesting but now i think yeah. it almost
2: seals the deal the other direction sadly because i, feel I like his legacy I is yeah, I feel that too. Like he been of like he kind of, you know, he embarrassed the organization. Like they had to fire their coach they just hired. So I think that yeah, it was it was, it was just a black eye, nasty yeah, all around. Yeah. just a
1: mess. Clastic it makes me mess. sad.
0: Yeah. But because it makes me sad because Beltran is like
2: one of my top five favorite Mets, like ever. Yeah. So but yeah. no, it was <sighs> now um, I, I know I wouldn't. But I saw somebody else pose Jose Reyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the team. I wouldn't wouldn't put it past
0: the Mets to do it. No, I mean, like, oh, right.
1: Reyes together forever in history. Definitely Uh. make me feel super duper sick. I would
0: probably rage quit. I think I think that like, I don't know, maybe it's dramatic to say that because like, I thought I I seriously contemplated rage quitting when the Mets brought him back um yeah. after the domestic violence incident but like to to retire his number is like a whole nother thing like that's like yeah putting him on a pedestal that's not just and like you can signing almost him say back. yeah you
2: can
1: almost say that the that bringing him back was just a purely baseball decision even though he sucked and everyone knew he would suck and he yeah, it wasn't even because he was bad yeah. like, you know you could even say like oh he well, was a warm body capable of playing baseball like and that's what they needed You can almost say that. I'm not saying you should. But there's no practical reason to retire someone's number. That is just purely an honor that should be um, given to those who have earned it and not to wife beaters, for example. Ideally, not.
2: Um, We'll see. Yeah, time will tell, I guess. So speaking of well, well,
0: well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, um, former Mets GM uh, Zach Scott was actually found not guilty of DUI charges by White Plains City Court. That's another um, Mets news item that's kind of happened in the intervening weeks uh, since we
1: um, last recorded or pass out folks pass out in White Plains in front of a traffic light at 4 a.m. That is (laughs) uh, apparently the place to do it.
0: Yeah. Um so I don't know. I mean like, you know, I I know a little bit about the particulars of the case in the sense that I read the police report that everyone else read and I know and like I know what the what the news outlets told us about it. Um but I don't know about like whether this was actually the right decision legally and whether the argument that he was actually operating the vehicle and thus driving while under the influence, like hold held up in a court of law, whether that's the right choice, um, like maybe the like I don't know. They said he was asleep and like pulled over like in the intersection, but like maybe the car was in park. I don't know. I don't know. Like what actually you have to be doing to be like considered driving or operating the vehicle. So like maybe he didn't quite meet the definition.
1: But the Florida just, energy coming off of this court case was a lot legit.
2: Yeah. Um, well, no so there is a big difference between being found not guilty and being innocent. Too. Of course,
0: of course. Um and yeah. like we've said on this podcast many times about many incidents sadly. <laughs> like what the threshold for what for what should be considered for someone being found guilty in a court of law is not the same threshold as They deserve to keep their job or play baseball or be a GM of a baseball team, right? Like those are different thresholds. Cause I saw some rumblings on Twitter after this not guilty verdict came out of people being like, Oh, they fired him for no reason. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no.
1: (laughs) There was a reason.
2: Just because he was found not guilty.
1: Blasted at a work party and then went driving afterwards.
0: Right. Just because he was found not guilty doesn't mean he didn't do anything wrong. First of all. And second of all, like even from a practical standpoint, even if you really think that Zach Scott didn't do anything wrong and you're the Mets, you have to sit here. You have to sit there and wait for months while this court case plays out before you decide whether to to fire your like lame duck GM
2: he wasn't yeah. even
1: their real, the real GM anyway. He was just the GM because the first guy was a predator. <laughs> a sex pest. Um, I, would, I would encourage anyone who doesn't think you should do anything less than a criminal conviction. I would encourage all of those people to go up to their bosses and tell them to go fuck themselves and see what happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Call it an experiment.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I mean- Like genuinely, I, I say this, like all the best to Zach Scott. I hope that this was a wake up call for him and that he finds the help that he needs. I genuinely mean that. Um, But he shouldn't be the GM of the Mets. Um, And it was the correct decision to fire him. Um, And like all those like nice signings that you guys liked that the Mets did, they wouldn't have been able to do if they had waited for their, if they had not fired their GM and just kept him on and then like, waited for this court situation to play out and then MLB gets locked out and the Mets had not signed anyone, lo and behold. Is that what you want? (laughs) Or Sandy would have been in charge still. That's what would have happened. So it would have been very cool. Um, So that's like one minor Mets thing of note. Um, Other minor Mets thing of note is that um of interest in particular to the proponents um of extending brandon nimmo brandon nimmo has changed agents to scott boris um as has carlos correa notably
1: um I was gonna say boris is getting a lot of uh, a lot of play right now yeah, yeah
0: i mean he was already he's good as his job and i
2: think jonathan india too i feel like there's another one there yeah might there might idea. be
0: one or two others um I like, I mean, S- Scott Boris was already the most like prominent player agent. Like he just is, because he's good at his job and also he pisses off people in baseball. Um and in- including the Mets. Um, but I think that the the fact that we're currently in like a a CBA negotiation period is also influencing these things a bit because he is you know, front and center, like they always, every time there's like new developments with the labor situation, he gets asked about it and he's out there being quoted in all the papers and stuff like that. And I think the players see that and they know that like, oh, we're in a pretty tense labor time, better, you know, sign with an agent that has my back. And they know that Scott Boris will for
1: better or worse, always have their
0: back. So, um, I think that that's that's what makes
1: it so frustrating to so many people is that and, and you know, you can have opinions about him and how good or bad he is for the sport and your team or whatever, but he is good at his job. Yeah. He gets people large amounts of money. And moreover, when those others suggest that he should not be getting lots of money for his players, he laughs in their face, which I think is ultimately what pisses off people the most, is that yep. he is extremely public about how he feels about baseball being such a cheap sport when it comes to taking care of its players. Yep. Um,
0: So I think that the chances of a Brandon Nimmo extension may have gone down a little bit. um, Now that he is a Boris client, not to say that the Mets shouldn't pursue it anymore, that they should just like give up. I just think that the Mets don't have the, the best relationship with Scott Boris and are not known for signing extensions to his clients. Not that it's not been known to happen, but you know, Obviously, Comforto was a Boris client. He walked, and you know, um, now Nemo's a Boris client too. So we'll that's see what that's why
2: you with should that. sign Chris Bryant. Yes, and play the album.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> And there have been, so there have been some rumblings, um, about what the Mets may or may not do post lockout. Um, and there it has been either everything or nothing, or nothing. <laughs> everything or nothing. Basically it's, it's been so funny depending on the source. Like basically we got an Andy Martino report recently that was like, they're done making moves. But then we got a tweet from John Heyman uh, the other day that was like, the Mets might consider adding another significant starting pitcher and hitter. So like. John Heyman says they're going to do everything. Andy Martinez says they're going to do nothing. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, make any like serious speculation about this, but all I'll say is trace the leaks to what you think their sources are. And you Mm -hmm. can probably figure out why one is tweeting one thing and one is tweeting another thing. Um, But the consensus and sort of middle ground among these Like the spectrum of reports seems to be that at least another starting pitcher is a priority for the team if they can do that. Which I agree
2: with.
0: Yes, which I agree with. Um, I like even though as much as I would love them to sign Chris Bryant and I think he's the perfect fit. Um, I I think that they need to if they're going to do one or the other instead of both, they should do both. They're going to do one or the other. They should get the starting pitcher I think it's more important um well there were some rumblings about Kershaw yeah uh there have been rumblings about Kershaw which would be wild it's like imagine Jacob DeGrom oh Max God. Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw in the same rotation that is wild I mean it, it almost carries... seems
1: unfair it but does not. but but, but it's got okay it, you
2: know but like, I think it's from since Jake entered the league, they're the top three in ERA since 2014. So they would have the top three pitchers in ERA in the same rotation, and Kershaw yep. would be in the number three. Yeah, Kershaw would literally be the number three starter. Lol
0: um this is stupid which would be stupid and amazing but I mean as <laughs> I guess be confidently as someone in my 30s <laughs> there's a lot of uh there's a lot of decline risk mm-hmm. involved in such a rotation um you know hey, we, I'm a
1: few months away from not even being able to describe myself as mid-30s anymore so ugh. Ugh,
0: um,
2: what a I blow am life, it's awful
1: what a blow
0: um But yeah, so it it does carry there is some risk involved in, you know, putting like not all your eggs, but putting a lot of eggs in the, you know, latter stages of career ace basket, um, which the Mets would be doing in that case. But um, and I said this uh, in Amazing Avenue Slack when we were discussing the possibility of Clayton Kershaw and potential alternatives like to me. And this is what I said about Scherzer, too, when they were, you know, when that when those rumors were happening to me, you know. Clayton Kershaw is the best starting pitcher still available, period. And so I w- I say Clayton Kershaw plus his risk is better than you say Kikuchi or whoever that you know that you know that the ceiling is not nearly as high, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope that they at least sign someone, um, even if that ends up being like a Kikuchi level sort of guy. I really um, want Ron Doan. That's my guy. Rondon would be a good uh, a good signing. I would yes. support That's
2: that. The, if it's not Kershaw, my my guy, would, I would go after would be Rondon because they, they don't have a lefty. Have no they need that. a lefty. Yeah, they don't have any lefties either in the
0: in the rotation or the bullpen. Unless makes like
2: Peterson, the
0: long man out of the bullpen, or something. Yeah, I but- guess. Yeah, David Peterson would be, and he's like.
1: You, you I mean, want that is the other thing they need to be working on right now, yes, right?
0: Which that's the other thing, and I, I think that they know that and will be signing some dudes of some note. I don't know. Um, the, the relievers are kind of always available, so hopefully, after the lockout, they can grab some of those. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, in an ideal world, like Peterson is still like your sixth or seventh guy. Um, which I think he kind of is right now. Um, I'm still it so doesn't upset. necessarily
1: mean that he shouldn't that he won't start. I mean, oh, he probably your, will. Your six yeah, or seven guy definitely. is going to get many, many starts. Um, I mean, gesticulates
0: broadly at uh, Carlos Carrasco's <laughs> season last season. Yeah. Like,
2: well, I mean, the you think you can I get out of him. I know. Yeah. I mean, they lost Cookie. They lost Lucchese. They lost Peterson. They lost yeah, they like they lost Jake. Like, but, only, but I think Walker was hit or miss. Like, so I think Strowman was only the only one who stayed healthy. Well, Walker
1: basically. and and Walker was so good. They they yeah, really drove kind of him into the ground. Yeah, um, and they then they didn't have the depth to give him to give him breaks. Like that was you know. Yeah, well, their depth was. I'm still so upset about Lucchese. I
0: know. Sad chirp noises yeah. once again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, if 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 Instagram is to be believed, you guys, Carlos Carrasco <laughs> is in the best shape of his life. <laughs> we have the first in the best shape of his life of 2022. If you we guys go, seen it, um, Disha Thosar wrote an article about Carlos Carrasco's Instagram video workout. Um, so I think I think that officially <laughs> counts as the first in the best shape of his life of 2022. Goes to Carlos Carrasco! Congratulations.
2: Yeah, I I pointed this out on Slack, and um, you know, him like anybody rehabbing hasn't had access to team doctors, so like, what is are they rehabbing properly? Or are they, you know, are, are I mean, in some cases that could be an upgrade. Well, true, not true, but still, like it kind of worries me, though, especially you know with Jake, like, does yeah. he know how to properly rehab from missing? half a season yeah it is concerning it is i mean concerning. i would
1: like to imagine that all of these team trainers are able to work as like consultants for like 300 dollars an hour or whatever because yeah. that seems like the sort of thing that would be a true win-win um but yeah no it's and i mean and the other problem is and you know one of the things that i think was really rough for cookie carrasco and some other um i know he has a real first name but i like to call him cookie I do
2: um
1: and a lot of these other guys that the mets had trouble with all season long is is that they didn't get real spring trainings or real like ramp up periods you know instead they just sort of had like lots and lots and lots of rehab and it's not the same thing um so you know i really as we do as the the As the sands of time shift through the hourglass, (laughs) you do have to start to think, like, are we going to mess up these guys' spring trainings again? These are the days of our lives. That is where we are. are Yep.
0: The days of our Mets' lives. The days of our Mets' lives. Like I alluded to at the top of the show, um... The latest in the walkout slash collective bargaining agreement news is that the two sides are talking, which is still an improvement over last we spoke about this, um, which is which was during the dead of the lockout and they were still not meeting at all. They have had a few meetings, including one earlier today, um, and there has been progress on a deal, but a resolution is still far away, according to everyone reporting on this. Um Evan Drellich uh, tweeted today that the meeting today was, quote, heated. um, And Jeff Passan tweeted that a delay of spring training is now, quote, inevitable. But it still remains unclear if the season itself will be affected. Obviously, the more spring training is delayed, the more likely that the season will have to be delayed because you have to have some semblance of spring training. Um, But as 2020 showed, you can have a shortened spring training and still start the season. Um, So we'll see. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, this is a lot of still just like posturing and the league knows that it still has a little bit of time left to hold out um, before the actual season would be affected. Cause I don't think like the league cares about spring training all that much. Um, So we'll see what happens. Um, But the to summarize the most contentious issues still to be worked out between the two sides, um, which uh, I think it was Ken Rosenthal. Yes, it was Ken Rosenthal wrote a really good article in The Athletic just summarizing everything. Um, but but basically, the main issues are minimum salary for one. The players proposed a raise in minimum salary to 70, $775,000 um, and the owners then countered with. Six hundred fifteen thousand in the first year, a raise then to six hundred fifty thousand in the second year, and seven hundred thousand in the third year of service, which is like not even close to what the players propose. So they're still far apart there.
1: Um, arbitration, what a ridiculous place to be, like nickel and diming too, because so dumb. It's it's not even that big a difference for them. Like these are the, the cheapest players.
0: I know. I I think it was. Um, who was I having a conversation with? uh with this about um about this with was it jared Seidler? i can't remember but i was having a conversation with someone about this where i think that the the words that they used were like we're arguing at like the fringes of the sport here um which they kind of are like there aren't like a lot of like central things to the sport that they're arguing about uh right now um so The other things are um, arbitration and pre-arbitration bonus pools. Um, And it's not the question of the pool itself. The players dropped their request for earlier free agency, and then the league agreed to a bonus pool for pre-arbitration players. So, like, that is set, but the league and the players differ significantly on what the size of the pool should be. Like, yeah.
2: (laughs) it's like a ridiculous difference i think it's it's like between 100 million and like 10 million yeah it's
1: it's really yeah it's definitely like a an order of magnitude yes Um, and it also i mean it still seems to be based on wins above replacement
2: yeah so i was unclear about
1: supremely stupid on so many fronts
0: Yeah, so there are are a couple of different things that may or may not end up being based on war. One of them was these these pools, um, the arbitration and pre-arbitration bonuses might end up being based on war, which would be dumb. But then there's also um, service time stuff. So that's another part of this. Um, The union wants to give, a pretty like broad swath of rookies, a full year of service, including the top performers by war. I think they wanted like the top 30 performers by war. Um, but the league thinks like the, uh, the league thinks that's too many players to give this extra year of service time to. Um, so this is a bonus. This is like the top players by war will be given like a, an extra year of service time to avoid service time manipulation um but so that's another thing that might end up being based on war so it's like the top performers will get this like extra year of service time the rookies will um and then there's the bonus pool might end up being based on war performance which either of those things being based on war is an issue for many reasons um Not the least of which is, you know, I know that Craig Goldstein's been very open about this. I know that the people, the folks over at Baseball Reference have been very open about this. Like, they are not comfortable with their metrics being used to determine folks' livelihoods. Like, that is just like. This is also, this is not like
1: a nerd's ruining baseball thing. This is all the nerds saying, no, 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 it's not designed to. We don't want this. We don't want this power. Like, please don't. Like, you can't, like, slice between two players whose wars will probably be, like, a tenth of a point apart and say, like, well, these two players are significantly different and so this guy's going to get a thing and that guy's not. Like, I mean, you can. That seems to be what they're going to do. Yeah. But that's not a meaningful or appropriate use of the measure. And, like... And it was never meant to be that either. No, no, it wasn't.
0: Um, when the guys and- who
1: invent a metric are begging you not to use it like that, don't do it. Right. And like, we know from just being people who look at this stuff all the
0: time, how different the like BWAR and FWAR and warp can be um, mm-hmm. between for the same player. Um, and so it's like, which one are you going to use? I know that I the saw somewhere- one. I know that, well, I know that I saw somewhere that they, they were going to average the two, but it's like literally averaging the wars is like what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Literally also, people like, get made
0: fun of for making arguments based on the averaging
1: the wars. And there's a whole bunch, and there's also like, I mean, relievers for starters. Yeah. Any relief pitcher will be incredibly poorly served by this.
2: Or it's yeah. like, like a, a point where, like catcher. catchers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Catchers. Like, how do you how do you evaluate catch like catcher war means absolutely nothing because they don't include framing metrics in it? No. So it means absolutely nothing. You cannot capture Tomas Nido's value in in war. You just can't. I mean, I'm not saying that like you know, Tomas Nito should, is actually a Hall of Famer or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that he's a lot more valuable than War tells you because he's a really good pitch framer. And that's like one of the most valuable things a catcher can do. But it's just really hard to measure that and incorporate that into War. It's really hard to deme- measure defensive metrics, period. Defensive metrics are incredibly flawed, and, but they are part of War. So it's just like when you, when you look at a player's FWAR, like, that includes his, like, UZR or whatever, which we all know is, like, an incredibly flawed metric, as, uh, as they all are in various ways. It's great ways.
1: measured over, like, six years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, like... You had to see trends, but that's about it. Yeah. It's, like, all you can do is just see, like, general, like, swaths of guys. Like, obviously, you know, you can use... Like defensive metrics to differentiate like, you know, these guys are elite. These guys are good. These guys are below average. These guys are bad. Like, you well, can they- probably generally do that with defense, but you can't like, say this guy has you know, 6.1 outs above average and this guy has 6.2, so he's going to get the bonus. Like, that is not the like level we're working at here.
1: Well, and, and it's all they're really trying to do is get out of having to appropriately compensate all of the players. They're like, well, what if we only compensate the good ones, the ones that we, the, the good ones? It's like, yeah. oh, well, we'll have right. you find the good ones. Well, we'll use this. It's like, what if you gave every rookie appropriate, you know, appropriate service time and every, you know, everyone got a reasonable league minimum. And like, that's just, you know, well, that's what unions are
2: for is to look out for all their members not just the good ones
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly um
2: so and of course it
1: goes without saying that
2: absolutely none of
1: this will have any bearing on the extremely large number of extremely impoverished minor league players yeah who um are not even part of the conversation and never will yep. be yep just throwing yep. that out there
2: yep yeah i don't even think they've been mentioned at all <gasps> nope not really um
0: the only like and this is like a roundabout way of mentioning minor leaguers but it's not actually minor leaguers they there have been discussions about the international signing like period and whether it should be whether there should be an international draft um and and that but like and those players obviously become minor leaguers but that's like a whole different a whole different set of issues with you know players, like, signing handshake agreements with teams when they're 14 years old and the exploitation of teenagers um, and, and pre-teens, honestly, um, which is just, like, you know, a thing that is not talked about enough at all and just a terrible mark on the sport. Um, you just, like, take it as, like, fact.
2: Like, yeah, the Mets just signed the 16-year-old. Like, yeah, sure. Yep. Like, no, yeah, they just, just suspiciously happen to have all of the terms of the contract already, already
1: agreed go, to, like, on- yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a guy asking a girl out on her 18th birthday. It's like gross, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that means you thought about this for a long time before her 18th birthday. Like, come on.
1: Um, And I mean,
0: like we talked about this with Juan Soto's brother, like, like all of a sudden people thought he was going to sign with the Mets and everyone was all excited. And it was like, no, he's actually going to sign with the nationals. Instead, dude isn't actually signing with either team right now because he's not eligible to be signed yet. But of course, we suspiciously suddenly understand that he's going to sign with the nationals. Like it's just gross.
2: Yeah. It's um, like the worst kept secret. Yeah, It's like the seedy underbelly of the sport is very gross.
0: Um, And we've done whole segments about this and might do whole segments about it again in the future um, because it's not likely to change anytime soon. Um, A couple of other things that there's, you know, significant difference between the players and the owners on um, the players, of course, want to raise the competitive balance tax threshold and the owners don't. That's pretty simple debate that happens every collective bargaining agreement because baseball doesn't have a salary cap, um, but it has like a pseudo salary cap in the CBT. Um, and the players are constantly saying, you know, owners, you should spend more. And the owners are saying, oh, no, we don't want to. <laughs>
2: well, that's um what I found funny was um where like Dick Montfort was on the negotiating committee and complained that he's too poor to Yeah, he basically the team. did complain <laughs> about how
1: he's too because of
2: like COVID and stuff. So then I don't know if you saw this tweet because then he wasn't there the next day. So I thought this was interesting, but there was never any follow-up on it. It's by Eugene Friedman, and he said, after some additional thought, it's possible Monfort was asked not to attend yesterday's negotiation because he opened management up to greater financial disclosure under the National Labor Relations Act. Normally, employers only have to furnish basic financial information and collective bargaining, but when an employer says they cannot afford certain proposals or even existing CBA language, the obligation shifts and it may be required to open up its books to the union. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so I really want to know if like that's what happened because <laughs> if like, yeah. this country enforced
1: labor protections, they'd be in trouble, <laughs> yeah.
2: right? But, like, you have Dick Monfort complaining he's poor. Come on, yeah. But if you're too poor, you shouldn't sell. The yeah, thing. then you should sell the team. Yeah, I and mean, you, you paid the, the 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 Cardinals to take Nolan Arenado. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: So. Another thing that, you know, they're attempting to do in this collective bargaining agreement to address competitive balance, um, other than obviously the CBT, the league um, agreed to a draft lottery, which is something that the players wanted, Um, you know, uh, like for folks who are unfamiliar, like the NBA has a lottery form of draft. Um, So baseball does not currently. Um, I mean, it does make it exciting. I'm not going to lie. So the league agreed to a draft lottery. So a lottery will exist in some form or another, it seems in the final agreement once there is one, but the league and the players disagree on the particulars of the structure of this lottery like basically like how many picks should be in play for the lottery like part of the draft because the whole no. the whole draft is not going to be a lottery
2: it's Are they be... still cutting the rounds too or is that I back to normal I, I haven't heard i don't think so i think that was
0: a covid thing more than a cba thing Okay. But I don't know for certain if they're going to cut the number of rounds. That was not something I had heard about. That's something no. that our process, that's something that f- from complex to Queens folks probably know that I don't um, tune in
1: later after. this week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm Same sure. We'll talk about week. it. I don't.
0: Um, remember. <laughs> but um, other things. So like, those are the main, like basically like sticking points between the, the union and the league. Um, Things that are likely coming regardless of where they land on all of the things that we already talked about. The universal DH, that is something that they agree on. Oh. That is something that's coming. Uh NL, NL fans, gird your loins. It's coming. Oh. Uh, I
1: don't like it either, but it's just it's coming. I it's just want that. it to be over, honestly. Like I know. My dislike of the DH has. In recent years, just been dwarfed by my dislike of the uncertainty around the DH. Yeah, and additionally, my dislike of the Mets behaving as though there is a DH, even
2: though there is <laughs> not. Right? If it keeps my man's on the team, I'll accept it. It that does benefit probably... the Mets very specifically, it honestly. Does, it does. <laughs> yeah. although
1: watch the watch there be a um, a universal DH, and then the Mets stop picking up bats only guys. <laughs> yeah you know that would, that would be, be on brand on brand it yeah. would be always behind one step um,
0: forward, two steps back but the universal dh is coming and honestly like so i'm i'm pro nl baseball and i will be until the day i die but the, with the way the game is now like i wish i could turn back the clock but i can't
2: like but the mvp chance for James, i know so up the
0: bat. but pitchers just like have no interest in hitting anymore they can't they did they, they don't they don't learn how it's just like it's it's kind of pointless now like and it, i know everybody got upset because jake hurt himself on the swing and but <sighs> whatever um something else that is coming is playoff expansion in some capacity Uh-oh. um Uh-oh. i think it's i love the current structure so i'll be really sad to lose that i think it's like kind of perfect the way it is the only tweak i would make is make the wild card round
1: three game a three game series um i I actually love the like irrational madness of the one game. Yeah, it's,
0: it's insane. I kind of love it, but it, it's insane.
2: It's insane. <laughs> but but everybody like, was talking about like the NFL and like these are like the best games ever played. Like, did you not see the Steelers and Eagles? Like two teams who should not have made the playoffs and then got embarrassed in the first round. Like that's what a watered down playoffs is. Two teams that just make it and then immediately die as soon as they get in. Like, is that what we want? A watered down version? I mean, but I, and, that will be the
1: Mets. As you're going, but yeah. one of the things I love <laughs> is the high stakes of the one-game playoff when it is good teams. Yeah, it is it, 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 but you're brutal. not going to get
2: good teams. Yeah,
1: and like even even though the Mets were on the losing side of a one of a one-game play-in, basically, like I still sort of. It, Man, that game was amazing.
2: See, I don't was- even count it as the playoffs. I'm like, they only made it in 2015. I, I, just <laughs>
1: think
2: it I know, it's hard <laughs> to think of it the same way. I just, it's like not
1: know, I have a soft spot for chaos. I can't, I can't yeah. lie.
0: Um, I love it. And I obviously, like, I have no idea. And I don't think it's been reported on, like, whether the league and the, and the players are a part on like how much expansion there should be like I don't know if the league wants more than the players or the players want more than the league I just know they both want it and so it's gonna happen it's just a question of like how many teams will be in the well, playoffs they expanded
2: and the in 2020 and the Mets still didn't make it. I know I know I, hope and I didn't think the 2020
0: it. playoffs were particularly good but no so I worry about but it was also COVID year and everything was weird it was so weird know. so yeah um, hard to judge I yeah I don't know. I do worry about the watering down of the playoffs, but I also, I don't know. Teams should try to compete. And if more teams are trying to like win at the trading deadline, that does make for a better product on the field.
2: But then if you're like, like you could just skate in too, like, Like you can do the bare minimum still. Yeah, one does wonder
0: if it incentivizes like being mediocre.
2: Mediocre, yeah.
0: But to solve that, you do need to sufficiently, under this new structure, whatever it is, you do need to sufficiently incentivize winning the division and make that still really a really big advantage in the playoffs. Well, I would also
1: point out that like as much as I don't want to incentivize being mediocre, it seems like everybody currently feels incentivized to be bad.
0: Yeah, and so it's an improvement watch over that.
1: mediocre teams than bad teams because yeah, the floor gets raised. Yeah, <laughs> you know, baby steps. Right. Let's start with teams that actually want to be there on the field. And like you know, the
0: league like so. I'm not trying to like give the league excessive credit here because they they have really not given much. Um, but the league the league uh, acquiescing to a draft lottery is at least an acknowledgement. If nothing else, on the league's part, that tanking is a problem. Yeah. Because if they can, if they want to continue, wanted to continue to tow the company line that tanking's not a problem in baseball, then they wouldn't have agreed to a, a draft lottery. They know that tanking's a problem. Yeah. Um. So you know. Um. And the final thing that is seemingly coming. Um, is elimination of draft draft pick compensation for free agents. So that's like, you know, like the qualifying offer stuff. Um, like you sign a free agent, um, then the team get like the team gets a draft pick. Um, so Which I think
1: everybody hates. Doesn't everybody yeah, hate everybody? Hates it. yeah. it's, it's
0: really, it's really silly. So I'm I'm glad to see that system go. I think it was really silly. Um and you know, so that's good, I think. Um, that's going away probably
1: we'll I mean, if it, if we can at least start to chip away at some of this low-hanging fruit where it's like okay do you hate this yes do you hate this also yes Done. <laughs> good <You did> that <laughs> to me but you know it's that easy why don't they have me in that room i would right, have to come out there been in a <laughs> minute right um so since there since
0: there was a lockout um during hall of fame voting there was like outsized
1: hall of fame discourse this year. I mean, it was always going to be that way this year. It was always going to be that even
0: worse that way this year. It was basically like, you know, the perfect storm of factors, like there's lockout. So there's not like free agent signings to talk about, to distract us from the hall of fame voting. And this is the year. This was the last year that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, uh, the two like sort of and poster chilling, children I think, too. and chilling. Um, I didn't mention him, but I forgot. That's true. Um, the sort of we poster children him. of the, of the performance enhancing drug, the steroid era of baseball of like, whether, you know, steroid users should be in the hall of fame or not. And, you know, it seems like at least in the eyes of baseball writers, they have decided that at least these two, they draw the line um, and they yeah. don't deserve to get in. Um, and, You know, people were particularly Big upset. Poppy got in though.
1: Yeah. On the first surely, ballot. Surely he must be crystal clear. Exactly. People Steroid were p- particularly upset. Hold on, folks. I'm getting news. Oh. No, I was. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. We're so desperate for news that we're like, I'm no. Said- I'm sure Big Poppy could have never used steroids. Yeah. What's so- that I'm hearing? what
0: am i hearing uh so people were particularly upset that david ortiz uh who tested positive for performance enhancing drugs in 2003 although you know like there's some debate about the validity of that test but um basically got in on his first ballot while bonds and clemens did not um but as usual all the discourse surrounded like should cheaters be in the hall of fame and not like you know should people who enter sexual relationships with teenagers or people who beat their wives
1: be in the hall of fame? Yes. Yeah. Like I, I I do think we saw a little bit of it. I think it got overshadowed, but I do think if we look at Omar Viscal's
2: yes. performance.
1: Yes. And I mean I and I think what it what it ultimately shows is that if you're borderline, then it matters.
2: Yeah. And the, most of the people who voted for him are the ones that didn't, uh, reveal their ballots. It's like you cowards. Yep.
1: Yep. But his but his numbers went way way down since they did. The, yeah. Um. Since the accusations came up. The so. ballots
0: should be public, by the
2: way. Yeah. All of them. They, yes. all of them. Yep. Um, well, then, how many did, uh, entered a blank ballot? Or there was one, I think, who submitted like only a Jeff Kent only ballot. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, come on it's it,
0: the hall of fame voting has become a farce and they have to figure something out but i don't know what the answer is honestly um so yeah i mean it's just like
2: a bunch of old white dudes that's what the problem yeah is. and i mean there yeah. are people
0: who there was there there were, i saw an article um in the wall street journal that was basically like they should do away with the character clause entirely and i was like no like but on the other hand, like, they're clearly not applying it evenly, like, no. at all. So, I don't know. I, I just wish that, like, and this is why I want the ballots to be public, because I wish people would just admit, like, either you care about these things or you don't. And if you don't, you're going to vote a certain way. And if you yeah. care about them, you're going to vote a certain other way. But, like, you can't just be like, ooh, this matters when it's a guy I like. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Poppy was nice to me, so I'm going to vote for him. Whereas right. Bonds like, was mean to me, so I'm not going to vote for him. And, you and like know- Bonds also is an abusive shithead.
1: Yes. And I'm perfectly fine. To be clear, I would, yeah. I would really appreciate it if any human were to point this out in the conversation about the Hall of Fame because it seems to just be totally ignored, which is not surprising. Yeah. Um yeah, But P- frustrating. These are the
0: bigger crime, clearly. Yeah. I mean, clearly they think, you know, cheat like on the field cheating um, is the bigger crime. And I disagree with that, Um, especially when it comes to steroids and, you know, the whole era being marked by that, especially when it comes to like guys like Bonds and Clemens who would have been Hall of Fame trajectory anyway without the drugs in all likelihood. Um, These aren't guys who, you know, were borderline major leaguers who the drugs made them supermen like they were already good and the drugs made them amazing um like what they- i
2: think happened is Bon saw the home run race between maguire and Sosa. it's like well guess what i can do and then he wanted he wanted the attention back so that's why he did it that's that's my conspiracy theory like you thought you were great now watch what i can do yeah um, but also like i mean if we're Totally going to go on the PEDs angle, you let seal in. Yeah like that should have just taken PEDs out of the equation at that point. I agree. I agree. But, and PEDs are the story of baseball. If this is a museum about baseball, PEDs are, are part of the story. It's a chapter in baseball story.
0: Yeah, I saw a tweet to that effect recently, and I can't—I sadly can't remember who tweeted it, but it was basically like the Hall of Fame is a museum, and if you treat it that way, then you know these guys should be in it because they're—it's
2: they're, part of the story. Yeah, you if you want to it out, them. If you want to put an asterisk or whatever, fine. Put one next to Bud Selig too. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes, um, but you know, I—I I don't think that dudes who have done things as despicable as they have done deserve to be put on a pedestal
2: well that was the Um, thing about andrew jones too everybody wanted him and it's like no he was a domestic abuser too
0: yep um but interestingly a different offense um that's being brought back to the forefront too is that um the degree to which sports betting is increasingly becoming a part of baseball's culture um Ooh, for example wait. the nationals just opened the first retail sports book at ngm connected it's to a baseball hideous. stadium really Ugh. really bleak shit um just like dystopian shit that i hate but whatever i mean you know it's, it it's 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 an inevitable thing sports betting was always a bigger part of other sports like the nfl and now it's just you know making its way into baseball um but the degree to which it's making its way into baseball has brought Pete Rose's status in baseball back to the forefront, because it's like, okay, if you are going to sanction sports betting, um, if you are going to sanction all of this and have literally have casinos in your goddamn stadium, then Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame.
2: Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I, I mean, he's still, he, he knew the rules and he knowingly broke them I don't know. Uh, He's still a tough case. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think it comes down to with all of these cases that,
1: you know, the league is happy to kind of moralize where it suits them. It's easy for them. Yep. But then they just don't handle the gray areas reasonably well at all. Like they don't even have the time. They don't even try to come up with some reasonably coherent. Explanation for why this guy was just doing his best and that guy was cheating.
2: Yeah, although Doug Landfill just had a really good article about saying why Bond shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if you wrote, you saw it, but from like a player's perspective, who didn't take PEDs, and it was you know, it was really well done. So, I mean, like yeah, if you're gonna, if you're let's say you do a Veterans Committee does eventually put bonds in. How do you judge these other guys who weren't playing in a level playing field? Yeah. It's really like, tough. Yeah. Like like Doug Glanville, like Jim um, like Fred McGriff. Well and I just you- think
1: ultimately like i I often come off like I'm arguing that anybody who did PEDs should be considered for the Hall of Fame. And that's not entirely what I feel, but I do think that there's just a ton of inconsistency. It comes down to all many other factors. Like, do we like this guy?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And it's just, it's just a mess. And like, unless your rule is going to be nobody with a, you know, with a positive PED test at all. And I don't know what you're going to do with the people who are heavily suspected, but without a positive test. I mean, and and they've already broken that rule of no positive tests. So, so like, how do you, how do you handle this? The answer is you just have to kind of come up with your own explanations for why this works and not pretend like anything is a deal breaker when you already know it's not. So I don't know. I just do the work, R- write the, write the articles, make your b- ballots public and like actually grapple with these issues instead of just.
2: No, but then know, they become Ken Rose rosenthal writing articles about how hard how much of a burden it is to vote I know. And then it becomes all about them yeah that's fair so, yeah. i don't know I, I don't have the answers none of us
0: do <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well we will end the show without
0: answers uh with walk off wins something that is much happier um where each yeah. of us talks about something that is making us happy this week Baseball-related or
2: otherwise, Linda Cirovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Okay. Going to get through this. Going to get through this. Um, as we were saying, retirement numbers. Um, I was at Henrik Lundqvist's retirement ceremony on Friday, which ended up being the most expensive game in, like, NHL history. Um, the average, t- <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> guess I'm not surprised by that. Like, the average ticket was, like, $400 or something. Jesus Christ. um oh, um so like well like we we're saying like the rangers do a good job like i wish the mets handled this kind of stuff as good as the rangers do like lundquist retired announced his retirement and like a half hour later the rangers tweeted for retiring his number like it was literally like an hour a half hour later um there was like no if ands or buzz about it like nobody else is ever wearing number 30 um So if I know you don't follow hockey, but his career just kind of ended. There was no goodbye. There was no, it would be like if David Wright just never got a goodbye. Like if he just hurt himself and that was it, never came back, never got a send off. And after growing up and after, you know, he took the Rangers to the playoffs for like 12 of his first 13 seasons. And he took teams that had no right being in the playoffs all the way to the playoffs and the team failed him consistently, just like David Wright. Um, and he was just always, he was just always there. Like I grew like I fell in love with those teams and it, <sighs> He, I didn't mean. Also, he's also a very beautiful man too. So, <laughs> like I met him the once, and half. like I pretty much embarrassed myself because I just like mumbled something, and it was it was not good. Um, <laughs> and even they had like a tribute video, and um, John Stewart was like, "Congratulations" and everything. And he was like, "But one thing, did you have to be handsome too?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so I bought tissues. I knew I would I would knew I would need them because um they they purpose I, I have a feeling henrik chose this game um they chose it when they were playing the wild who um his best friend on the team got traded matt zuccarello who was always my favorite um so he would be there and um like when they traded zuccarello they asked henrik you know i I've, mean I've, I've seen henrik well like this team has consistently failed him. But when they asked him that question, you could see his face just crumple. And then he started to cry and then cut cut the interview. Like, Zook is, like, the version of Wilmer, our Wilmer. Like, he can go, but he won't have the emotional connection to other fan bases. Um, so he was there. And um, so I think that just made it more emotional, too. Um, like, they did, you know they do like a little ceremonial puck drop and um so then zook did that with for hank when he dropped the puck and um so then if the jake and dave hug was the hug when zook and hank hugged like the whole crowd like just like exploded like that's become like the hug because everybody had their like eyes on them the whole time um, and then, like when the Rangers came out and like warm ups, they were all wearing number thirty, like Lundqvist jerseys. And then seeing Lundqvist thirty and goal again was kind of trippy. Um, so I had to explain it to Allison too. Like the Rangers went from Lundqvist to Igor, and that would be like if the Rangers went right from Seaver to Jake. Because now they have this new kid who is, like, just incredible. And then I didn't realize it, but then he had a new helmet made, and he has Hank on his helmet now. Aww. So, because so, he grew up, he he's, he he's from Russia, and he said he would play video games. He would always be the Rangers because Hank was his hero growing up, and he wore number 30 over in Russia. So he's, like, the perfect replacement. But, uh, yeah, but then when they raised number thirty to the rafters, that's when I lost it. I and then I went, I went Sunday again, and so when they raised the number to the rafters, like it, they just kind of raised the trade up. And then when I went back Sunday against the Kraken, the the new Seattle team, they had moved it, so now he's in his like rightful order. So it's it's like weird. Like again, like how did I see like somebody play their whole career and get their retired their number retired? Like ugh, I'm so old. <laughs> um like this is just wrong like oh this and like my favorite my favorite 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 ranger of all time too um but yeah it was it was just a beautiful ceremony he didn't cry thankfully because I definitely would not have survived that if he did but you know you could see him getting emotional and um Allison you were at his last game like we were both there. I know that's wild like wow. I just like
0: my first hockey game ever just a random ass game and it ended up being like the last thing I did before COVID and COVID. also Henrik Lundqvist last game
2: yeah well, it was just it, so like looking back on it that's like a bittersweet game because they played awful and got yeah. blown out it was not great no. And then I uh, guess yeah, so then he came in replacing Igor because Igor wasn't playing well. And then so, yeah, he came in for the third period. And like, I didn't realize that that would be that was literally it. A blowout loss where he came in as the replacement was his. Like, that is very
1: David Radian.
2: Yeah, yes, it is true. And so. So, but I'm like, it was just so, so good to see him again. And he seems at peace with how his career ended. I'm like, I guess if he's at peace with it, I have to make peace with it. But I'm like, but I don't want to. I'm so <laughs> upset. I'm like, the way they handled everything. Um, Because he was loyal to the team. They said, do you want to be traded? Because they, you know, they're like, we're rebuilding. Do you want to, you know, get out of here, try to win a cup somewhere else? And he said, no, because he had a no trade clause. So his loyalty kind of. Ended up working against him in the end, and then they just cut him. So I don't know if it still bothers me, but it was it was a good night. I'm glad I went, and then of course they lost in the most stupid fashion possible. Um, at least the Mets won David Wright's final game. They did. It wasn't a stupid fashion. In the though. stupidest way possible. possible. <laughs> you know, stop having number retirement series because they lost on Mike Piazza's number retirement ceremony, too. Oh, they the sure surprises. did. I was at In that, that one. In the rain. In the rain. Yeah, the team was miserable. Like, 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 is it the adrenaline like from the ceremony? Like, is there a letdown? I don't know. But just get on this. Yeah, I need somebody to figure this out because the Rangers are two and nine in retirement ceremony. So can we like figure this out so it doesn't keep happening? And then, yeah, and then I had to deal with the snow getting home. And oh, it it was, yeah, it was an emotional night. But then when I went back on Sunday, it was kind of like a nice bookend because then they won in like crazy fashion on Sunday and then they always do the first stars of the game, the three stars of the game. And then their new goalie, Igor, was the first star of the game. So then we went from the beginning of the weekend chanting Henrik to the end of the weekend chanting Igor. And he was like waving and stuff. So it was a nice kind of like bookend. Like, I think I finally put one place to bed. I promised myself I wouldn't get Igor's jersey until Henrik had officially retired. I couldn't cheat on him. <laughs> so i like, I think I can finally put him to bed and finally buy my E. jersey. So that's my walk-off win. Um, definitely needed tissues. And um, the Ranger, I actually had the Ranger game on. They won today too. So <laughs> uh, um, it, come May, if they're in the playoffs, I might not be functioning. So keep an eye out for
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were able to experience Make that. sure
1: your Linda is getting plenty of food and water and sunshine.
2: Oh my yes. god. I can't on
1: your Linda.
2: Oh yes. my god. I can't I can't be seen in public. That was the other thing. in The Henrik Lundqvist era. They won every playoff game 2 to 1. Oh my god. I swear that took years off my life. <laughs> like why can't I just one easy win? Just one. Oh. All right, but that's it. That's it. It was, like, it was a good thing. It was it was a happy weekend. <laughs> Maggie Wiggin,
1: what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, mine is not quite so heartfelt, um, but I discovered a new TV show, new for me, that I am really enjoying, um, and it's The Great, and it's great, um, I don't know what exactly I was expecting, but it's the Elle Fanning show, loosely, loosely based on the life of Catherine the Great, and it is, it's just so much fun, it's really dark, it's, it's like not a like light and fluffy show but it's also really funny um and it's dark without being bleak which I feel like for me is a really key distinction in what I will enjoy spending my time watching yeah and this is awesome and we're just we're almost at the end of the first season there's a second season already out so um and yeah just enjoying it thoroughly the writing is good the performers are good Elle Fanning is fantastic which is no surprise at all um, always been a fan and yeah, it's just, it's great. There's nothing, there's nothing really like it on TV right now. It's just, um, yeah, it's just like an extremely enjoyable way to spend an hour.
0: I'll have to put it on my list because yeah. dark Wait. and funny, but not bleak is like
1: definitely my brand.
2: What's it on? Like what Do um, streaming service? <laughs>
1: okay, I, I mean, that's what we're, I, I Hulu always confuses me because it can be a Hulu show or it could be not a Hulu show. Right. I think this is a Hulu show. Okay.
2: <laughs> I do have Hulu, so I could I could check As that. Do out. I? So okay, I will check that. But out. yes, that
1: do awesome. do check it out. Enjoy it. Um, and you will pause it every five seconds. Like, who is this person? Do I know this person? And the answer is amazingly no. <laughs> it's like an entire show cast completely with dozens and dozens of that guy.
2: That guy. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's always me being familiar like,
2: face. Where's
1: that
0: guy? Um my walk-off win for this week is that um over the weekend um we had a surprise party for my friend's 30th birthday, and that was also a combo surprise bridal shower for her. Oh um, she's getting married next month. Um, and it, well, this month, I guess it's not February. At the time, it was still January. Um, but um, and her birthday was in January. Um, and so Um, We surprised her. She thought like just a couple people were taking her out to lunch or whatever, but it ended up being like a bunch of us. Um, And it was just really nice. Um, We went to a brewery in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. Um, And yeah, and the snow didn't completely ruin it. I was really afraid. I was like, oh, no, there's this big blizzard coming and we won't be able to drive. But then like as far south as us, it didn't end up being that bad. So, um, we, the roads were clear enough to pass, and we were able to, uh, do that. So that was nice, and it was just a nice day all around. Did you get home okay? Yep. Oh, okay. good. Yep. Excellent. So. That is my walk-off loom for this week. Um, while you are waiting for the, hopefully, um, resolution of the new collective bargaining agreement, you can go please, to amazing. we dying com. here. Please, please, give please, us please, something. please. I need this to be over. We, we need, need this to face, be over.
1: We
2: need man. Um, uh, like I was looking at my camera roll and it was all JD pictures. I'm like, I miss my mans. To quote,
0: to quote a tweet I saw today <laughs> that I don't remember the tweeter. I'm very sorry. Girls don't want Valentine's girls want MLBs lockout to be over. <laughs> yeah. um, so please, 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 please. And <laughs> um, the lockout soon. But in the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com. Our minors team um, posted the top 25 Mets prospects uh, list for amazing avenue so you should go read that and and they did like a three-part podcast at least a three-part podcast there might be more even more parts by now um about it so you should listen to our friends over from complex to queens about that um and yeah you can follow amazing avenue on twitter facebook and instagram at amazing avenue you can follow this show on twitter at a pot of their own you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda at linda Servich. and you maggie at Maggie 162. You should subscribe to this podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in.